For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, hello again. I'm uh, Jim Gerhardt, along with Patrick Lavery. And, uh, of course, we are here to discuss life in the Great Garden State. Let us start with a chorus. We ask everybody to join us now in a rousing chorus of the official New Jersey State Taxpayer's Song. Bohica, Bohica, bend over, here it comes, Bohica, Bohica, again. Ah, uh, yes, we're just waiting. I guess we're waiting for the other tax shoe to drop, right? We had I the, think so, uh, yeah. The governor's uh, proposal, and right. then we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's got to go through all kinds of negotiations before we get to that crucial uh, June 30th date when they're either going to announce a deal or they'll announce a deal before that uh, <laughs> or we'll go into another shutdown. But you know, in all likelihood, they got all of this settled. Yeah. And, and somewhere in the back room, they're all sitting there kind of going... <laughs> Remember, yeah. like, Dick Dastardly's dog, yes. Mugsley, I guess he was, <laughs> right, sitting right, on right. the back of the airplane. Like, <laughs> 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 right. As uh, Dennis Malloy pointed out uh, in a piece that he had, the state is actually run by lobbyist uh, state government workers unions. <laughs> right. Oh, no question. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a few political sorts in the woodpile who were mostly right. subs- and, and special interests. I guess it was it was a triumphant. There was a troika there. of Right. Interest. right. You, you throw in all the special interests together. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a story in New Jersey. I guess we'll call it the Alvarez affair. Yeah. It'd be known as. I've been following this for 28 years in New Jersey, observing the scene, talking yep. about it. Never saw one. This beats the hell out of right. <laughs> every right. other thing I've ever seen. Now, Pat, you're you're involved in the news every day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah, I'd love to get your take on this. But what I understand, here is a man who was apparently an important cog in the governor's, the machinery of, of nomination and election. Mm-hmm. So he is due a big job. This is the way patronage works. You know he's going to get a good job. Right. Well, the job he wanted apparently was already filled. So he wanted he the next best job was chief of staff to the head of that organization. Right. Now he ends up in that job, which pays I think one hundred twenty thousand a year, plus all the benefits known to man. Uh, And yet they've been trying for months to find out who hired him to that job. Yeah. He wasn't hired, apparently. Nobody did. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the questions are obvious. How did he he just walk in and sit down? Yeah. And if nobody hired him, nobody knew anything about it, what happened to the real chief of staff that the head of the department must have considered? Sure. uh, And that disappeared. And how did he get on the payroll? I mean, how did he get the... the, uh, what is it, the human resources? Right, people. right. It had to go through that. And and it boils down to this. We thought we were going to finally get an answer when he himself came to testify. Al yeah. Alvarez testified. Before a committee. Right. And even he, in three and a half hours of testimony, Jim, <laughs> could not specify who hired him for he that job. He says he doesn't know, right? Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> another thing, just to continue how bizarre this thing yeah. is, he's there because he was accused of rape by yes. a, a young lady who also worked on the governor's committee. Now, the governor had sworn everybody who worked on mm-hmm. his campaign to uh, uh, silence. The Code yeah. of Omerta right. was established upon them and a confidentiality agreement. So mm-hmm. this is the governor sticking to that saying that nobody should talk about anything. Right. But according to the accusation now by the lady who's the victim mm-hmm. in, the, in this affair, uh, and he even said himself that he, was, he, he said he's the one what done it. Twas I, my lord, who done it. Right. The, the, the act. Yes. The, the, the act of assault. But and he, yet he but says he on the other yeah, hand. He maintains it was consensual, but yeah, that oh, something yeah. did happen. That's right. He yes. says it did happen, but it was consensual. Right. And yet he says when the DNA they took in the aftermath of that wasn't his. Yeah, that, that, is, well, what, that is what prosecutors <laughs> told this woman who is his accuser. So how, does, how can it happen? Right. And I, I really had, and, and this does not sound like a rational thought when it comes out of my mouth, but in my mind it seemed to make sense. I was so glad. Thank God. Can we say thank God? Is that politically? Of course, uh, <laughs> of course. Um, thank God he got called to testify because no one could say who hired him. His DNA was not found uh, at least conclusively at uh, on, on this woman's uh, person. I was beginning to have doubts as to whether Al Alvarez actually existed. Was he the, a good point? You know good the point. the picture that we've had on our website uh, that was apparently his uh, portrait or his official uh, his official picture for the department that he was working for. You know, was that a stock photo from somewhere of of someone who was totally not him, totally a fabrication? So it was good yeah. that we finally got to see and hear him in person. That raises another very strange question: How did they know whose picture they were taking? Right, <laughs> right, were, and, and what? why they were taking the picture of him right. and it just goes on and on it keeps unfolding yeah and then the next thing is that he was told because of the sensitive nature of this he should mm-hmm. go look for a job right long time ago right and that was in april right of, of last year of last year he's still sitting there in october right <laughs> seven months later right uh lou hockman just said something to us where he said you know if i was told here that i was not welcome here i would not say, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll stick around another seven months and, and we'll see what happens. I would, yeah. ta- I would take the hint. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. this is de facto telling the man right. that's it. Right. And so nobody, he, he stayed. He must have had association with all manner of people. He was working at a fairly so. high-level job. Now, and again, you get the, see, the book is going to stop with the governor. Right. And he is mom on the thing. Yeah, and already the committee members, the legislative committee members uh, digging into this have kind of, if not officially, they've informally narrowed it down to two possibilities. Uh, that Alvarez hired himself, in which case, <laughs> if he hired himself to this position, of course he was going to stick around because he was. He would say... Oh, he could only fire himself. Right. <laughs> he would say, I hired me, only I can fire. Right. Precisely. Or the other... The other possibility, which has been floated by some of the legislators, but which no one really in the legislature or certainly the governor's staff wants to admit, uh, is that Governor Murphy hired him directly. Well, this is going to be the implication is Mm. what people are going to think. Yeah. 
So the governor and the governor's people have assumed that uh, it's okay. He will ride the storm out. Yeah. And he probably will, mm-hmm. unless he suddenly turns Republican. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if, now, I guess one of the uh, uh, high points in, mm-hmm. in this whole thing, or, or more cogent points, is that this man, Alvarez, is a Democrat. Mm. Had he been a Republican, can you imagine the outcry, the screaming, the groups out in the street? Oh, my goodness. You know, yelling about this whole right. affair? Right. So, uh, anyway, it goes on. Right. <laughs> there was an old song way back, I guess, 40s, 50s or so, mm. called I'm My Own Grandpa. Yes. Remember that? <laughs> yes. And, and this... Yes, I've heard I'm it. I'm my own chief of staff or <laughs> right, whatever. Right, right. And also the department, what was it, the Schools <laughs> Development Authority. Yes. What the heck is that? Is that the replacement of the old school construction uh, authority that they had that blew $6 billion? <laughs> oh, you know, it could be. And, and I'm, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of another song, uh, you know, just kind of the, I think that uh, Al Alvarez thought that if he had this job, he would be able to operate in relative anonymity among many of the governor's staffers. And it's making me think of uh, another old song in that vein, uh, which is John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Oh, yeah. His name is my, my name, name, too. too. <laughs> uh, excellent. Excellent. I don't know where this goes. Uh, but the interesting thing is all these things are happening, and uh, we're recording this right now yeah. on Wednesday. It'll probably hit the air Thursday, and the whole story may have changed. Could, could very well be. Maybe they find out it was just a hologram of him. That was, <laughs> right. I, 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 it, it would seem such a clear-cut case, and it just, you know, the thoughts just keep coming. How yeah. about the prosecutor mm-hmm. in the very beginning who assured everybody that there was no truth to this? Right. Which calls the young lady a, a liar. Right. And from what we see of her, she seems very credible. Yeah. And, and yeah, it does make you wonder why this case was never prosecuted further, why there were no charges. It one makes you wonder who said what to whom yeah. uh, that made that story kind of uh, on her end seemingly fall apart. Well, the governor's wagons are circled now, and yeah. uh, we shall I, – I, I'm assuming this is not over. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that that it's over. In fact, I think Alvarez's testimony may have confused everyone further. It may have sent them further down the hole. Let me ask you something here. Yeah. And it's fundamental to so many things we talk about. This is fascinating to us, Mm -hmm. people in political circles, a certain number of people. Does the public care? I don't think I don't think they care about what happened between Alvarez and Katie Brennan. I don't think they care about uh, did he hire himself? Did he, you know, stay in the job too long? I, I think <laughs> I think they care about really, you know, what we call the top of the ticket. And I think that is what people cared about um, with the bridge closing scandal with yeah, Governor Christie. Right. Uh, you know, we don't really care about the actual incident or what happened or what kind of low level employees or lackeys were involved in it. Was the highest person at the top involved? You, I mean, the same deal with Watergate. I don't think anybody actually cared that there was a break-in or a theft of documents. Was the president was the involved? the president involved in it? Yeah. Excellent point. Excellent point. So does he, is this reflected in any survey? Have they taken anything I don't think, since then? I, I have not seen any no, such thing. No, I don't think that. Um, but the, you ask the average person on the street, stop, you know, pop out of a. Rally, grab somebody by the collar, mm. and say, "Quick, 
uh, how did Alvarez get his job? They had no idea what you're talking about. I don't think about. they're going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. did survey. They did a survey one time. I think this was at Ryder University. Mm. We're pretty intelligent kids over yeah. there. Years ago, I remember the survey asking them who the governor of New Jersey was. Mm. 50% had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess 20% of those said, what's a governor? <laughs> it's not relevant <laughs> right. to their particular lives. Yeah. Uh, although I guess if you are determined uh, that you want to get a job for the state, <laughs> yeah, find an empty room and go sit down. I think that uh, I, I think that really awareness of who the governor even was among that particular age group uh, probably started to increase during the Corzine administration when Corzine made a bunch of higher education cuts that actually, for the first time in college kids' lives affected the college kids. college kids and also i think what really sank him in a sense with, with the uh, certainly the non-college people in, in a large part of the state was this notion of uh, monetizing the the parkway and the yeah. turnpike yeah this had people in ocean and monmouth counties and, and even further south up in arms right and i think he never quite lived that down yeah and big demonstrations every time he went to to speak That's- also as i've said this is getting a little bit of feel but i'm i'm persuaded well, then he didn't really want to be governor. Yeah. From my talks with him and association with him. Yeah. He seemed like he was just felt like he, he told me that he'd like to get back into business. Yeah. And that was shortly before he ran for reelection, which he pretty much had to do. But, you know, mm. he was very diffident about yeah. the campaign and, of course, lost to Chris Christie. Right. Who came on like gangbusters mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and went out with a whimper with a frizzle. Right. <laughs> right. Right, right. So we'll see how this one fares. Yeah. Okay, what else uh, is big in New Jersey? Oh, the, the marijuana shoe dropped yesterday. Yes. And now we have the uh, plan that apparently was agreed on mm-hmm. for the introduction of medical marijuana into New Jersey. Let me ask you something. Now, I, I've not seen this. I'm sure it must. somebody must have thought of it. <clears throat> All of these plans, we're waiting for the plan. People can't wait. Uh, big discussions. Mm. A lot of... Uh, tumult and shouting out there about yeah. where's our marijuana this is still illegal federally is it correct not? correct and so all this stuff they're doing you could have an attorney general walk in and kill the whole program uh very well could and and that has been a possibility that's that's been raised now you know medical marijuana seems to be working well uh recreational is something that murphy has wanted to do again like seemingly everything in this state where the haggling has gone on has come down to taxes and how yeah. much to tax. Uh, so that is why it's taken uh, more than a year of his administration <laughs> well, to finally put this in motion. Well, what they did, they did a little bit something for everybody here. I was looking at the taxes, $42 an ounce when cultivated. Mm. Now, I, I guess that means the farmer out in the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. See him out right. there with his bibbed overalls on and his straw hat and a yeah. hay seed in his mouth. And on the other hand, he's rolling a joint. Right. So the new American farmer. I I think that, um, you know, a a fair parallel because of what you talk about with the the illegality at the federal level. Also, and uh, Brick Township just last night was the latest town to do this. Um, A lot of the towns in New Jersey are choosing to ban recreational marijuana. And it reminds me. Uh, of another, uh, the context of uh, something else involving a plant uh, is the uh, play and uh, movie. Well, it was a movie first, then a play, and then another movie. 
of Little Shop of Horrors oh, yeah, with the, yeah. the Venus flytrap that grows up and becomes, you know, anthropomorphic and has a, a voice and a personality. Feed me, Seymour, feed me. Feed me now. And and at the and at the end of the play, Seymour goes into the mouth with a machete and says, If I can't get you from the outside, I'll get you from the inside. <laughs> that that speaking of that movie, there were two movies made. Yeah. Uh, the second movie, Rick Moranis. Right. And what's your name? Green. The, uh, Ellen uh, Green. Ellen yeah. Green. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. Suddenly Seymour right, right, walking right, beside right. me. All right. We, we divert our attention. Uh, other tax. 1% wholesale tax. Yeah. So apparently this marijuana has to go through a, a lot of doors before it gets into the hands of the consumer. Yeah, it okay. is. And everybody gets taxed. 1% tax wholesale paid to the municipality where the warehouse, I guess, is. 2% tax on manufacturing, uh, which is also collected. Right. So you get a tax on, I guess, taking it from the farm to the storehouse. Yeah. Then if it's processed at all, there's a tax on that. 3% tax... On retailers, <laughs> and uh, the the commission, I get a kick out right. of here. Ta- five, they have a, ca- a a cannabis regulatory commission, <laughs> of course, with a bureaucracy. Yeah, sure, gives sure. them a chance to more patronage. Yeah. Just now, figure this out. Maybe you know why. But I'll just ask you this question in my naivete. Hmm. Five members of that commission, three are appointed by the governor without Senate approval. Two, the other two are appointed with Senate approval. Okay. What's the point? I'm not sure what that point is. And as you're talking about all of these um, regulations, this is something that, that I think that uh, people don't realize. And, and even down to the specifics of hiring people for a, a commission with or without Senate approval, um, this, because the state has taken a step to legalizing recreational marijuana it does not it still does not mean you can go into your backyard and plant marijuana plants and grow them in your own backyard there is a process there is essentially be a state monopoly or the state in control of a monopoly. right there's a point of sale that has to you know that you have to go through as a consumer it's not going to free you up to like they They say grow uh, your own helicopters going around looking for marijuana I've often thought of buying an artificial marijuana plant and stick it in my front yard yeah. just, just to see what yeah. happens, what they do with it. So also the other thing is now some of the, some of this, uh, you know, makes some sense, but they, they would do this anyway, expunging uh, misdemeanor convictions past. Hmm. Now that, what does that mean? That means getting it out of your record. Right. Yes. Presumably that's to help people who are applying for different jobs or yeah. education, and they have to, if they're honest, they have to say that they were, did have that in their record. This will be expunged. Right, exactly. Uh, and then you get to that, that, I have no problem with that. And also, there's a, uh, what is it, how much you can have, you can, you can only buy so much. I think it's, uh, what is yeah. it, an hour? No, an ounce is a lot. There, there's a limit anyway. Yeah, there, there's, there's a cap. Um, uh, on, you know, and and that was also a point of contention between the governor and Steve Sweeney, or between the governor yeah. and Craig Coughlin. It was well, how how much to cap it at. I like. I want to start a movement here to get Ed Fortune on the committee. 
Yeah. Weed man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this poor guy went through so much. <laughs> right. And and in jail, mm -hmm. limitless times, yeah. harassed unmercifully, mm -hmm. and now they're doing it. <laughs> it's legal exactly what he was doing. So right. I would assume that they expunge I, two or three dozen court uh, cases against Ed. I, I, I hope so. I would think that they would have to. I, I, I think they should hire him as a consultant. Yeah. Nobody knows more about it than him. Right. But I guess, you know, you said, I see the, the committee sitting around meeting, everybody puffing away. Yeah. I would bring something up serious about this thing. How, if everybody, everybody an adult is eligible, I guess, to buy some, mm -hmm. uh, how, do, how does law enforcement determine whether a person is under the influence of that and it's right. impeding his driving if they're pulled over? Far as I know, there's no device like a breathalyzer for alcohol. No, there there isn't. It would have to be some sort of blood test, which I don't huh. know if the I, I'm sure the technology exists. I'm not sure if it is able to be made cheap uh, cheaply but, enough. But either either the officer has to take blood, which he right. can't do, right? Or a nurse has to be in the car, right? With every uh, state trooper, for example, or every law enforcement person, right? Uh, that would bother me. Or they would have to, you know, say, well, leave your, leave your car, uh, leave your car on the side of the road, come with us in, uh, well, yeah. in, in our vehicle well, look, and we'll take you to the nearest hospital. Look what that ties up. Right. Though sure. it takes the officers sure. off the road. Sure. And, and so the only other thing is say, well, I could smell it. Well, that's not binding because no. the old factory thing, or I guess the uh, police could have dogs with them who would detect it. But. That still doesn't measure how much you've got. No. It, and it, is there a legal limit set now? Which I'm le my, my questions lead up to that, you know, the, the, the question. Yeah. Is, did they set in this law, I did not see it anywhere, what would be the legal uh, determination of I, whether you had smoked yeah. a, a joint, which is legal, mm -hmm. you bought it legally, right. you smoked it. Right. At what, is there a point zero? Eight. Yeah, I in this. I have not seen anything to to that effect. Um, but no. you mentioned the the point zero eight. Now look at the blood alcohol levels state to state. No. Every state has a a different standard. There is not a federal standard for what's legally drunk. You know, well, we have close. we have point oh eight. They're close. They're close enough. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the legal limit is. Say in Colorado. Uh, and I don't know. I actually don't know at at altitude how that would differ from us. Wonder, oh, I, I guess that raises a question too: yeah. is that the uh, is the altitude affected? Right, where sea level, I guess we'd be considered, or pretty much so. Yeah, I would think so. I'd, I'd like to see some of that. Let, let's let's demand they go back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> really, that, that's a serious thing. I understand why some of these towns are opting out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and, and these are not towns that are filled with Bible belters or anything. No, it's very practical considerations. But there, there's a there's a solid list now of about at, I want to say oh, yeah. at least fifteen or twenty. Sure, that have had these votes already, and there'll be more. I, yeah. I would imagine. Yes. coming down the pike. Uh, well, the times they are a changing. <laughs> oh, just on, on a on a better note, I, mm -hmm. I noticed just by observation yeah. you know, coming into the building that there are certain. Uh, what uh, needs if you mm. want mm. that perhaps we could help the uh the management with oh yeah i know they're burdened with more heady things than doorknobs falling off <laughs> but 
Oh, that's probably not in the job description. No, I, I with with letters for their titles. Yeah. So I think uh, we can't have a telethon. We're not on television. Right. Although maybe we could arrange it with a, a public access station. Mm-hmm. I want to start a radiothon to raise money to buy doorknobs. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think that uh, I think that you would get a lot of donations from within this building. People would. People would donate uh, portions of their salary just to put doorknobs on the doors. I say that with personal observation here because the studio in which we talk uh, yeah. does not have doorknob. Right. They got a Rube Goldberg type <laughs> yeah. arrangement of stretches. Yeah, and, uh, it's some uh, sort uh, of rig. Yeah. Bun- straps and bungees and, <laughs> and the like coming in. I like that idea. Also, you know, people could pledge who, mm-hmm. you know, and you could spread it out. Over over a period of time, we could have the uh, the tote board operating, and we could get the new total every hour. I think it would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We could uh, we could have performances, uh, and, and you could name a doorknob for so much money five hundred dollar contribution. We will name a doorknob after you, right? So I think it's uh, it's uh, well, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. What else, what else going on now that that strikes your uh, well, under your saddle. I, I, I think as we, I just think as, as we go through, uh, and, and coming back to the, the Alvarez thing, um, I, I think that, uh, part of the underlying, um, trouble with the Murphy administration, um, so far, um, has been, and I've talked with any number of, of people who are much more knowledgeable about this than I am. Uh, is that you can't, you know, government runs a certain way, and especially in New Jersey, it runs a certain way. And you can't bring in all these people who have no experience doing that and expect things to run smoothly. And I, I think that's, that is a, a large part of, of what we've yeah. uh, been, been seeing in this administration. And I think it's why uh, proposals like the, the recreational marijuana have not moved as as quickly as the governor would hope because he doesn't have the people on his staff who are savvy enough to negotiate with the yeah, legislature to make people. the deals right every right. every member of the legislature the first I know their agenda is what does this do for my career mm-hmm. uh, is this going to get me votes or yeah. is it going to lose me votes mm-hmm. or am I is it going to be a financial opportunity yeah. or not I think Sherry Sylvester who was once a very excellent. Uh, investigative reporter working in New Jersey who mm-hmm. later left said what I, I consider to be Sherry's law. And she said there was little legislation in New Jersey that does not create a financial opportunity for somebody. Right. And I think that's, that's on very, either very side. Yeah. You mentioned the government, Jesse Ventura, mm-hmm. when he was the governor, became governor of Minnesota. Yep. He made a statement back when I think when he decided not to, to run again. Mm. And he said, government is like a huge wheel. Mm-hmm. You stand in front of it and think you can stop it, but right. in the end, it always rolls right over top of you. Yeah, and I, that we see that in Washington too—the old, old deep state sort of thing in, in right. conjunction right. with the yeah, yeah. That well, th- that is a big problem because it it takes a rather high level of skill mm-hmm. and experience in this to know how to work to become, let's say, a Lyndon Johnson, who apparently was a genius and, and at a, manipulating people. A great intimidator, party, Making yeah. deals. See, everything is a deal. Right. What you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could pass a law in New Jersey that says every citizen has to get up every morning and go ram their head down into a bucket of cow poo. <laughs> 
If you knew how to negotiate it, if you would give something back for the people who voted for it. Sure. And if you knew you could enforce it. What's that? Oh, Oprah Winfrey already proposed that? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> if Oprah said it, you'd have people breaking down farmers' fences to get over right. and get their head in right, the bucket. Right. The, you know, the things are changing so much. Uh, going, uh, kicking this up a little bit of, uh, you know, a level. The Congress in which, remember, uh, traditionally and famously, new members of Congress or the Senate had to sit there for their first year mm-hmm. and just listen. Yeah. That's it. You yep. didn't speak up. Nobody paid any attention to you. Right. A- at least the first term that mm-hmm. you had in the Congress. Right. There, there, was a, there was a term for that, which I don't recall just now. But now we get three rather, let's say, bizarre, unusual young ladies. Right. Who are running the United States Congress. What is it? 530-some yeah. people yeah. in there? And Absolutely. And three coming up with this crackpot progressives the, the loony left stuff right and and i could not get over the flap over the anti-semitism alleged remark mm-hmm. uh and the yeah. congress was asked and they really the reason the congress got uh, uh I, I think interested in this they anti-semitism could be a terrible charge to a politician because much of the money comes from wealthy jewish people yeah. who traditionally, as mm-hmm. part of their culture, feel it's their civic obligation to support political things. Right. And that's good. That's wonderful. And yet they don't want to lose that money. And so here they come up with a resolution to condemn anti-Semitism. Yeah. And they can't. Right. They condemned hatred. This is like saying, we come out four square against arthritis. <laughs> right. It's right. It's crazy. And, uh, and, 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 and this is not only the three young persons mm-hmm. who did this, but here comes the other groups, the other so-called caucuses, you know, of various right. groups. Mm-hmm. They have to jump in, too, yeah. to, get, get, to get a piece of this. And so everybody's got to wiggle and take a shoehorn and shoehorn their way into victimhood. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, I think the, the point that you made, the, the Jesse Ventura quote that you had, um, which I had not heard before, um, was so uh, appropriate because, yeah, I think there is an expectation if you are a voter, if you are informed about government, there is an expectation that government will run a certain way. Mm-hmm. However, voters in the last 10 to 15 years want that government that runs a certain way run by people who don't have a lot of experience running the government. You know, that's true. Yeah. When yeah, when yeah. Bar- when Barack yeah, Obama, when Barack yeah. Obama was elected president, he was only two thirds of the way through his first U.S. Senate term, mm-hmm. his first and only. And he, he had been elected when he gave the keynote at the 04 presidential convention. He was just about to be elected from state Senate to U.S. Senate. So he started in 2005 Mm -hmm. and by 2009 he was president uh you saw this happen in the midterms in 2010 with all of the tea party uh politicians that got that got voted in uh that were kind of there was a transition where a lot of them were starting to run policy uh by and large in their first kind of foray Mm -hmm. uh into this you don't get you don't get the career politicians uh, anymore, like uh, like a Gerald Ford who uh, spent 25 years in the House of Representatives before sure. he um, before he elevated to the vice presidency, and then of course eventually the presidency. Uh, which is why I think 
people people say they want him to run, but why ultimately I don't think there's going to be much of an appetite for a Joe Biden candidacy because he strikes me as a person who has been there too much before. Yeah. The uh, H.L. Mencken, who was my hero, I don't Mm. know your interest in Mencken. Obviously, you know who he was. Sure. Brilliant writer and satirist of the Mm -hmm. American scene. He once wrote a piece. I wish I could remember it verbatim. Uh, and it, it, it's coming almost to be true, <laughs> you could make an argument, when he was telling about the American people want someone to be president, someone like them. Right. And he said this it leads to a constant dumbing down <laughs> well, of the idol or, or the candidate yeah. in regard to the dumbing down of the people. Now he, mm. I, he, I got to get that quote for next time because it's brilliant the way he did it. But he says if this trend continues, mm. inevitably there comes a day when we will have an absolute total idiot as president. <laughs> now, there are people who would argue that Mencken's prophecy has come true. <laughs> that, that time is now. Right? That time is now. There was a time, it was a simple time, and I, you know, I can remember back to simple times. Yeah. You only expected three things out of government. Right. One is that they keep us safe. Mm-hmm. One is that they maintain a stable economy. Mm-hmm. And the other is that they tell us the truth. Yeah. So we got a two out of three. <laughs> Right. I guess ain't bad because right, so right. far we're not overrun. We're not with an enemy. Well, that's an arguable fact too. So. Right. Let let me uh, just a couple of things. Oh, sure. we're talking about the presidential candidates. There is a lady named Kamala Harris. You're yes. familiar. She is a lady, very charismatic, apparently competent lady, who was, mm-hmm. what, mayor of San Francisco or something? I she believe was so. Some official. Yes, yes. And she's very attractive, you know, young person. Mm-hmm. And she is running for the presidency. Yeah. Now, here is how politics has come down to this politics of identity. Right. And it's pandering to an ethnic audience here. Right. Here is what she says. She said that in college, she would smoke marijuana, listen to the music of Tupac and Snoop Dogg. Now, what is the thing with that? Harris graduated from college in 1986. Right. The first time we ever heard of Snoop Dogg and Tupac was the debut albums in 1993. Right. A- which was many absolutely. years later. Absolutely. The and only. So, but you, you, you come up. Well, this, this also is like the other candidate who was an Indian. Right. Uh, right. So. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, the the only in in 1986, if I have my history right, the only real rap that anyone was aware of was um, Run DMC, the Beastie Boys, maybe if you want to count them among that. But uh, oh, yeah, luck. right, right. Oh, he the, was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, he he had he had great tracks. Yeah, he had great songs. But uh, yeah, this is. Um, you know, when when you start to nobody calls them out on these things, right? When you start to kind of fudge the details a, mm-hmm. a, a little bit like that, we live in a society where you can pick up your phone and fact check it if you wanted within five seconds and know that they're you know full of beans. Whoever people is don't saying do that, this. the average, the voter has. I. I I hate cliches, but I, I'm beginning to really like this one mm. because it is so descriptive of what goes on. Mm. So many people have, quote, bought the Kool-Aid right. of the left, the progressives. Now, in colleges, uh, higher institutions, also mm. to, uh, almost totally, 
Right. And even in secondary education, to a large extent, the water cooler has been replaced with a Kool-Aid dispenser, an <laughs> ideological Kool-Aid dispenser. Yeah. yeah. And this is, this is where this is going, because things do not have to be true. They do not have to be factual. They simply have mm. to fit within the agenda right. of this particular ideology. Right. So uh, Lyndon Johnson, when he was president, somebody had called him out on speaking with forked tongue, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's, that's not you know, a demonstrable fact. And he said, facts uh, to a politician, truth is not something that you can duplicate in a laboratory and have peer-reviewed and is obvious. Mm-hmm. To a politician, truth is whatever advances his agenda. Yeah. He didn't say that sarcastically. He said that as, as an actual fact, and it's quite true. Well, this is what's happening now, mm. that everybody's buying a particular Kool-Aid, and they're fitting into it because somehow we must be the most insecure, in addition to the fattest people on Earth. Well, yeah. <laughs> the most overfed. Right. we got to be the most insecure because everybody has to buy into something because that gives their life some worth. And and you brought up something in, in the Lyndon Johnson quote that, that made me think. And uh, when you get uh, sometimes these these public mea culpas from people who have have done wrong. Oh, that that's that's another thing that was going on oh, God, with this yeah. college admissions scam uh, oh, that yes, broke yes, yesterday. That's a good one, too. But uh, you, you get these apologies from people or you get these confessions or you get people making accusations of other people. And what's the one thing they always say nowadays? I would like to tell my truth. Oh, yeah. you know, what is my truth? It may not be your truth. <laughs> That's it's my truth. Yeah, that that one just just, you know, not to push the thing too far. Yeah. I guess we're, you were running along in time here. Yeah. But uh, the business of the, the college entrance scam, yeah. a person paid $500,000 yeah. to get his child in University of Southern California. Right. Well, no, that's a huge state institution. Almost anybody can get it. Yeah. Either that was the dumbest kid who ever lived. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the, the parent was absolutely hoodwinked. Right. And, and these were, in, in many cases, obviously people who had the money. Um, but uh, famous actresses who had two, been two actresses. right, who had been in in very popular TV shows and wanted to get their kids uh, into the schools of their choice. You know, no no frills, no effort on the kids' parts. Now, in a couple of these cases, uh, we've been told the kids themselves were not even aware that their parents were doing this. Yeah, they the got kids the, aren't charged. In, they in they got the letter in the mail. Hey, I got into USC. That's yeah. great. I don't I'm know how it happened, the, but I did I'm, it. I'm going to be on the mumbly peg team here. <laughs> right, yes. right, right, right. What, what were some of these things? They were on the crew. The crew well, team. Oh, what was right. one? They, they, they had the head of the Department of Underwater Polo. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, what in the world? Right. That whole college department. And we're paying, what, 50000 a year tuition <laughs> yeah, to support schools. Yeah. This <laughs> let, let me kind of end it. I, I, I've been a little bit remiss. I haven't mentioned the top shows on uh, cable television for mm. a while. Uh, tonight... Uh, we have, uh, I guess this is what a, any one of a celebrity toenail clipping <laughs> and uh, just one more, I will mention here. I think this is on the Oprah channel, mm-hmm. the horny housewives of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Oh, wow. And, that's uh, television. I, I'm looking at, they also have a celebrity, uh, cat fixing. That's coming fixing. up. That's all the promo for that. Oh, that, is that's going to be cool. Uh, like uh, spay yeah. and neuter. Are you talking that that kind of uh, the, fixing? Well, that's that kind of. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. All right. So yeah. listen, this is always a great delight to sit here and chat with you. Yeah. 
And uh, so we will see how these things go. It is a strange, strange world we live in, Master Jack. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt podcast. Still cooking, and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.